Welcome everyone to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum and this is episode 54 of the Student Ministry Podcast, a special edition episode that's going to be talking all about the Orange Conference 2020. This was the year that they moved the conference online because of all the COVID-19 pandemic and quarantine. It just wasn't safe to have all of us down in Atlanta together. So they moved it, they pivoted online, and we talk about it today. The Orange Conference was at the very tail end of April 2020, moving into the first day of May. And yeah, we've had a couple weeks to gather our thoughts and, and process everything. We're still kind of swarming in the, the proverbial like fire hose of information that was provided this year. Today, we're going to chat with both Tom Bump and David Madrin. Both of those guys are very active in the family ministry world, and they'll tell you a little more about themselves when we get into this conversation today. This is actually going to be going out on all three of our podcast feeds. So if you also subscribe to either of those guys, you're going to see the same content on both of their podcasts as well. Be sure to also follow them if you haven't yet. You'll hear all of their information, like I said, in this conversation. Be sure to give them some love as well. Also, speaking of giving some love, let's thank our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and that is G Shades Student Curriculum. G Shades is not only a curriculum, it's also a teaching strategy that's focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. You know, a lot of us as youth pastors do some things unintentionally. Sometimes we only talk about the gospel when we're given an altar call or we teach students to do as Jesus did, but sometimes we leave out teaching them to see as Jesus sees. Sometimes we give a fractured picture of the faith by teaching only biblical principles and practices, but we don't tie them down to their gospel foundation. So in an effort to try something different, G-Shades is a curriculum designed to help you produce confident, gospel-focused students who are able to use their gospel lens to navigate the complexities of modern culture. We're in youth ministry professionally. Many of us are. And when it comes to the gospel, most of us naturally model it to our students. G-Shades' goal is to help youth pastors teach it to their students. Each series is complete with message manuscripts, small group leader guides, parent guides, daily Instagram devotionals, graphics, games, bumper videos. There's so much packed into every curriculum. You can download a free week of G-Shades at gshades.org. And when you place an order, be sure to use the promo code STUMINPOD to receive 5% off your order. That's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D. And you can receive 5% off your order at gshades.org. Thanks so much for G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. All right, before we jump into this conversation, one more call just to make sure you subscribe to this podcast, make sure you share it with others, and if you haven't left a positive comment, if you like it and you haven't left a positive comment yet on your favorite podcast app, be sure to do that. That just, it really helps. It's huge help. And also do that same thing for both Tom Bump and David Madrin uh, after you finish listening to our conversation all about the Orange Conference today. 
Hey, so welcome. Um, this is a special edition of our podcast, and today what we're doing is getting together some of the Orange Blogger or aka Influencer team, <laughs> as I guess we've been newly dubbed, or we, at least we were told <laughs> that's what we are. Um, and uh, we've gotten together today. There's a bunch of us. We all each have podcasts um, and different Facebook groups that we belong to. And so we thought it'd be good just to do a, an Orange Conference wrap-up. Um, we know it's been a few weeks since Orange Conference, um, but we thought it would be good uh, just to have that conversation again and to continue to digest. Uh, there was so much content there. So on the podcast today, um, which this podcast, we're doing one podcast, but we're, all of us are going to be sharing this out on our platforms. So we've got three different podcasts. So we'll ha have each person introduce themselves and what podcasts they have. And obviously I'll start. I'm Tom Bump. Um, I have the Kid Ministry Collective podcast and Facebook group um, with the same name. And I'm Steve Cullum and uh, I'm the host of the Student Ministry Podcast. Uh, it can be found at thestudentministrypodcast.com. And uh, yeah, we focus on uh, interviewing other youth pastors and youth workers out there. I'm David Madron. I have uh, my little piece of real estate out in the podcast and blog world kidsmentalk.com uh, and also the Kids Men Talk podcast where we talk all things kids ministry. Cool guys. Well, um, and there could be a part two to this um, where we've got some other podcasters and bloggers, um, influencers that'll be joining us at another time. But the three of us had the opportunity to get together and uh, do this recording today. So obviously Orange Conference, which normally draws in seven, 8,000 leaders from all over the country, around the world, uh, comes into Atlanta uh, to an amazing few days of, of intense worship, breakouts, general sessions, uh, lots of great food and fellowship around that, um, King of Pops, all those good things, Jim and Nick's Barbecue. And unfortunately, obviously, with COVID-19, uh, Orange couldn't safely pull that together um, and allow us to all come together. And so we had to make, uh, man, I keep saying the word and I really dislike, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make the most hated word list uh, of 2020 will be pivot. Um, <laughs> I can't help but think of the, uh, the Friends episode every time I hear it too. Pivot! <laughs> Pivot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I dream about the word pivot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, but Orange had to do a pivot. And if you're going to pivot, see wow, how many times I've said that already in 30 seconds. Uh, it was amazing. Um, they took a conference, like I said, that's normally broken over a couple of days and with all the breakouts and made it into an online experience. Uh, that is just was really amazing and almost a little overwhelming at times. And so we're going to just kind of go through and share some general thoughts. Um, Steve, what was your first thought of, of when you heard that it was going to be a format change and what were your, what were your general impressions? Yeah. Um, originally I, I was, I was upset. Um, honestly, I was, I was bummed. It's something that I really look forward to hanging out with you guys and, and so many other, ministry leaders from around the country and some from around the world just gathering, you know, once a year to, to hang out, to, to not only learn together, but I love sitting across the table, um, across other, mm. for, with other leaders, you know, whether it's, you know, right after a breakout in between as we're walking around or it's going out to dinner with everybody 
And that was, I was really upset that that wasn't going to be able to happen. And I, and I told my wife that I was, I was like, man, I, I would normally be on my way to Atlanta this year. And <laughs> not that Atlanta's fantastic necessarily, but the orange conference is so, so much a, a part of my annual, you know, plan over the last, I don't know what, 10, 12 years of ministry. And it's just something I really look forward to. So yeah, I was, I was initially um, kind of upset that that uh, we were moving online. Um, everything else is moving online, and I and I like part of those ideas of of how we as a church have had to change a lot of those things. But but yeah, there's just something special about Orange Conference that uh, yeah, I was initially not so excited uh, about moving it online. <laughs> For sure, I can relate. You know, I almost I almost called everybody and said, hey. The hotel rooms are still booked. Let's go meet at the hotel, and right. we're we're gonna do Orange Conference down there, regardless. Um, <laughs> but didn't think that was exactly the wise idea. So I, I actually uh, I, I forgot to uh, cancel my my plane tickets until like the last minute. So I could have almost made that trip still. <laughs> hey, there we go. There we go, David. David, how about you, man? When when you heard they were gonna shift, yeah, what'd you think? I think about the networking opportunities that are lost, uh, really, uh, you know, that platforms what what's brought all, all of us together, um, uh, the way it has. And, uh, I think back even two years ago uh, in 2018, I started a conversation with the church, uh, really, uh, there at orange and said, Hey, yeah, I was talking to one of our, our pastor's wives, I'm like, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. Uh, and I would love to come work at your church. And they had no openings. I mean, just, just nothing. Uh, but I just kind of took that step of faith. And I know so many people, uh, so many ministry leaders can look back at something life-changing at Orange that really helped shape uh, direction in their ministry uh, and even ministry change. Uh, and I guess it was about four months post post orange um, back in 2018, got to have a conversation with, uh, with the church I'm at now. And uh, over two weeks, that conversation led to an offer and moving back home to the Dallas area. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just, you know, I miss the people, yeah. um, you know, I miss the garb that people come out, the costume <laughs> that people come out with, uh, you know, just, just the vibe in the arena. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's really uh, watching John and Brandon, uh, you know, do their things. And then you've yep. got Trip and Tyler and John Acuff and uh, Kellen and, you know, just all of these, these funny guys um, who, who just make it so, uh, so personal. And, um, so that was, uh, that was robbed from us. Yeah. And, you know, we, we had a, a team of 18 from our church going, uh, and last year that was a time for us to really kind of gel and bond outside of our own environments. And we had an incredible time still tell stories of orange conference 2019. <laughs> uh, and that, you know, just wasn't able to, to take that in, in the, in the same capacity this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of us went through a grieving process. Um, I mean, I saw it online too. I mean, even in the Facebook groups, people grieving, you know, 
um, the party on the porch and, and just hanging out that, that preset, you know, pre-conference excitement and meeting up with the orange specialists and, and, and yeah, just seeing, I mean, orange conference is like a big family reunion um, for a lot of us. And, and so not being able to go see a lot of my ministry friends and hang out in person. um, Yeah. I I think I felt the same thing, a little bit of anger, a little frustration, um, just a lot of disappointment um, knowing that that wasn't going to happen and that no matter what we did, it wasn't going to be the same. Um, yes, being grateful when I heard the announcement, it was going to move online. Um, being grateful that I would still get challenged and get some content for the year because I look forward to, to that pick me up and that boost. Yeah. For me, I mean, even the year before, um, yeah, I was starting to look at a whole new, ministry stepping into a brand new out of a normal ch- a full-time church position into full-time coaching um and partnering with churches and helping ministry leaders and it was terrifying and i remember god showing so many signs of confirmation when i was at orange conference that i was was doing the right thing and i was following in obedience and so i was i was like a little scared even coming into this year's conference going Am I going to have that experience or not? Um, and so, so when they when they started and they when they jumped online, um, what how, what was your impressions um, of of the the whole opening and and how they approached it? I'm just curious, David. We'll start with you first. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought they did a really awesome job, uh, all things considered, uh, and it's probably the closest thing to um the actual in-person presentation that that they could have done and they you know reggie um was just so intentional you know even though they had to make the changes that they had to make of still trying to create um a, a similar experience online Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was, uh, upon, uh, that main, that first main session, uh, I was really kind of relieved, uh, and, and thought, okay, the next couple of days are, are going to go a little better than what my preconceived thoughts were going into it. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of similar to what I thought. I mean, I was, you know, we, we've been doing church online for, you know, the last few months and stuff. And I knew how that was going to go. And like, you know what? I don't know if it's like that for the conference. I'm like, I don't really know. But then as soon as it started, all of a sudden it was like all that kind of not, not everything, but a lot of those, the, those things that I was not so sure about, those apprehensive about, like all of a sudden started lifting and I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, Okay okay, I can do this. And, and I think it's going to be good. And, uh, I think with every session, um, it really just, you know, reinforced that thought. And, and I think before I knew it, I was, you know, blowing through, uh, pages of notes and, and getting bombarded with all the information that I normally was. And then able to, I feel like able to actually connect with more people this year than I ever did before, just because of the, the situation, um, I don't think it was a, it was a matter of, of quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. I do, I do think that, um, because there's just something about that being in person, sitting across a table from someone that it's a quality conversation. 
but uh, but I was able to actually connect with a quantity of a lot more people this year, um, just the nature of it. And I think that was that was really cool and and probably talked with a lot of people that I normally would have never gotten the opportunity to. Um, and some some conversations struck up over breakouts or whatever it was. Um, so that was that was really cool to to see some benefits uh, from being online that we don't get when we're in person. Um, so that was, so in some ways it, it, you know, it actually showed me that there are, there are pros to actually doing an online conference versus the, the in, in-person conference. Yeah. Tom, oops. Well, you know, um, um, the, the, when I started looking at the way they started off, I mean, I love the fact that they kicked it off with John and Brandon. Um, you know, they, they brought them out front and it was kind of like, Oh, okay, this feels, this feels great. Um, you know, what are they going to do? And, and you got that anticipation again. Um, and, and then, then to have Reggie come in almost like we were coming into his living room feel, yeah. um, even though we knew that was kind of the studio at the phase center or theater, or whatever area it, it felt like a living room. And, and having the, the round table discussions felt familiar. So they were able to bring some of the familiar, more intimate moments, even though they always do it in this huge arena, those moments become so intimate sitting around the table um, that, that uh, it drew us in. And so I felt like those first opening moments were so critical to the whole time because of the fact that they, they drew us into the living room. They made it, last year's theme, made it personal. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. that really helped because the rest of the time, honestly, was like drinking out of five fire hoses. <laughs> right. um, it was so intense um, that I was like, holy cow, I don't know if I can process all this. Um, and I immediately started. And I, so, yeah, the, one of the almost con, I guess, in some ways of, of this conference was it was really intense for me. Um, I, I don't know if you guys felt that, but I felt like, wow, um, I don't know how to take it all in, even though it was on demand in some ways. I don't know how to I j I didn't know how to mentally pivot <laughs> for, to this new format. So I struggled. I struggled those first couple of sessions. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, David, or yeah. go ahead. You know, you you talk about just the intensity. Um, you know, I, I really kind of feel like you're kind of breaking off in, into main session uh, talk here. I kind of feel like we wouldn't have gotten, we wouldn't have received the raw emotion uh, from John Williams on, on on the couch in that conversation. I'm mm -hmm. still incredibly moved. Uh, just just thinking back three what three weeks ago, um, of of that conversation that he and Reggie had, and, and Tom, you described it wonderfully. Uh, you know, it, it felt like we were in in Reggie's living room, and then that John was right there, just just having a, a uh, very much needed conversation with with his best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't, I don't know that it comes across that way in an arena with 8,000 people. Now I, I'm sure if this was part of the plan all along, uh, that they would have orchestrated it and, you know, made, made it, 
um, to come across in a way that we would have gotten all the feels that we got from it. Uh, but it, it just became that much more um, impactful uh, for me uh, because I've seen and known John for a long time uh, and just seeing his, his category of work through Orange for close to a decade, uh, if not longer, and, and really seeing the curtain peeled back. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I really, I, I came away uh, really feeling like mental health and ministry was one of the big platforms uh, mm-hmm. of the conference. Uh, and it was very timely considering where we're at right now. Yeah. I think that's interesting that they did focus on that because I think that was something that not, not in a, a huge way in terms of mental health, but in terms of mental preparation, I think that's one of the reasons why I think I struggled so much. I think like you said, Tom is like to, to be able to take everything in because I don't know if I was mentally prepared to be at home experiencing all of this like I am when I go to the conference Mm -hmm. Um, because I have that preparation time. I get there a day early. I'm like sitting in the spot where everybody else is and this, this combined experience together and I'm ready to take it all in. Granted, it's still like a fire hose, but yeah, but I feel like at home, like I was still trying to keep ministry going and I was having occasional meetings with staff and I wasn't, I didn't fully pull myself out for those three days. Like I think I should have. And so that was even more difficult to take it all in. But I do really appreciate the the ability just to step in. Um, and I feel like this this one above, I think, more than any of the in-person conferences really reflected Reggie, I think, as a leader. Like mm-hmm. this had, I feel like, Reggie's fingerprints all over it. Just yeah. like, hey, let's sit down and talk. Let's Let's be real. Let's be honest about the struggles, about the the future of the church, what we're thinking, and they really were able to really dive into that together, and and they just have a great way of like so many thoughts that I've been thinking, and God's been like putting in my head. I'm trying to art- figure them out all out, and they just articulate them so well, and that was that was cool just to to hear them sit down and really wrestle with those things. Yeah, and and you know when I was thinking about this and the whole format change you know, even, even the way they set up the breakouts to do, you know, yeah, they did a month. They're all on demand pre-recorded talks, um, shorter in nature than normal breakouts were, but then having live Q and a, um, and I know a lot of people were saying on the, on social media that, man, those were like gold, um, even almost better so in some instances than, than the actual breakout part. And again, I think that again, like you just said, reflects Reggie. Um, you know, you guys, I it just, to me, it was, it, it allowed us to get up close and personal with a lot of the speakers that we don't normally get to see that up close to hear from them, to ask them some real life questions, not just the typical question. I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I just felt like that part was was real um, and not production, um, where sometimes things do get productiony. Um, this was that was just raw and and um, yeah. So I think the whole format overall, uh, like I said, was a little intense. Would have been nice to have a few breaks 
scheduled yeah. in there just to let <laughs> you decompress a little bit. Cause, um, by day two, I was, um, I was chit chatting with David off. We had a kind of a running chat going. Um, and I, I was like, man, I'm having a hard time focusing right now. I'm just like, and I don't know if some of that was zoom fatigue. Um, but there was, there was a struggle there of how do I process it? But like you said, some of it, I think, was because this is some, so real and so relevant to where we are right now that it was so heart-hitting. Um, <laughs> I mean, it really hit my heart to think about, wow, look at where we are. Um, and that the one quote about revolutions are born out of pain. Um, I think Ryan Leake said that. Um, and and I was thinking, yeah, you know, I mean, this this – this there's a lot of pain going on and out of that pain what's the, what's the revolution spiritually going to happen um coming out on the back side of this and i think it's the potential is is huge so um well let's let's turn the table a little bit and go start thinking about the theme of the conference and and just the overall you know kind of feel of of the the talks and and what you thought um what what, what were you guys takeaways on on that um, the whole theme idea. Yeah. I think it's crazy that, that this was chosen like a year and a half ago. <laughs> like it's <laughs> so incredibly relevant. And I think that that's, I mean, you can kind of read into things if you want to, but I, I, I just think it's the, the Holy Spirit's guiding. I mean, I think um, the it's personal theme last year or two years ago, where it was is so incredibly important as well for where we were at that time too. And so um, this one was just even more spot on than, than usual uh, given our circumstances. And, and I think it, it's, I think the, the biggest thing that, that I take, I took away from, from all this, I think was, was when, um, when Reggie actually asked like a question of like, how or will we love the, the families that are not a part of our church yet? the, as much as we love the families mm -hmm. that are a part of our church. Mm -hmm. And I think when he asked that question, it was just like, Oh yeah, Reggie just dropped the mic, walk away. That's, that's <laughs> enough for us to really ponder because that's the, I think that's the revolution that we really need to have. You know, it's not just about the Sunday experience anymore. Like, and it shouldn't probably have ever been, but like, how do we actually get past that? And I think my biggest thing to kind of jump ahead for me is, is that I hope and I pray that we as a, as a whole church will allow the changes that need to happen to actually happen instead of mm -hmm. just going back to what was comfortable before. And, and I wonder how, if, if this whole pandemic and, and quarantine and everything needs to actually be extended a little bit, for us to really experience that as a church and really learn what we really need to learn. Because if it's too short, we may bounce back and we may not fully take away what we need to take away. Um, but to really like think about how are we caring for those families that are not part of our church, can't be part of our church, choosing not to be a part of our church, how are we actually going to those people um, and, and loving them just as much as, as those ones that come to our church all the time. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, just piggyback off that a little bit, you know, so many of our churches and even ministries now went from building focused to now digital focused. I mean, we're all, as one of the memes, uh, as one of the memes that 
came out about a week or two after we all went digital. We're all televangelists now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, we, um, I think the thing that really just, just, just kept digging at me is, you know, in my community, there are so many people that we aren't engaging as a church face to face that we've now since been able to engage digitally because we were moved to a new age. You know, even though we've lived in the digital age for, you know, uh, 10, 15 years and, it, and it's progressed quite a bit over the last few years. Um, we weren't making a lot of headway to really engage our neighbors. And now we, you know, especially right after all of this first came out, you know, church attendance, church viewership online was just skyrocketed, you know, everywhere from the smallest church to the largest church. And, you know, now it's as some churches are starting to fill their way back through and figuring out, okay, what is, what does life look like? online and in person we we would fail as a church if we just went back to thinking about okay how are we going to get people in our doors and i'm not saying that's not important because it is uh but we've got a whole community of people that have now opened themselves up to us as as the big church uh that we we really have to kind of massage those relationships and gain that trust. If, if we ever expect them to meet us where we're at on a Sunday. So I'm curious for you, for you guys, what, what was when, when you, when you, when you started hearing Reggie talking about the whole idea of change um, and you guys both touched on it, um, how important it is for us as a church to consider what needs to change. I thought Reggie did a very eloquent job and, and actually Kirsten Ivy um, mm-hmm. nailed a lot of points. Um, I mean, she had a lot of mic drop moments in her talk. Um, you know, when she started off with that question, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was a very, you know, I mean, that it's a simple question, but it's not so simple um, because right now a lot of churches are asking what do we do right now? Do we reopen when the quarantine is lifted? Stay at home orders are lifted. Do we not? What, what do we do? How do we change? Um, I'm just curious, you know, what are your thoughts on, 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 on that? And what kind of questions were raised in your mind after, after hearing some of that, you know, what this whole theme brought up? Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a change person. Um, so, so to hear that talk, um, and hear that more people talking that way gets me excited. Um, because I think it's something that I feel like I've been thinking about for a long time, but, but hearing it from, you know, people like, you know, Reggie and Kristen and so many others that, that have that, <laughs> that influence <laughs> is, yep. was great. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. This is awesome. How can I just pass this exact video on to everyone I know? <laughs> um, but, but I think at the same time, I, I am, 
I'm hesitant, I guess, because, because I know people and I know the church and I know how steeped in tradition we are, we often are. And, and I immediately start, I guess, just as much as I am excited about it, I start, the doubt starts creeping in and and I start wondering, you know, okay, is this actually going to be able to happen? Can we actually move our focus from you know, everything on Sunday morning to what's happening throughout the week. Can we actually move our focus more to helping our community and serving other people that they can't come to church yet or whatever? And, and we, can we actually make that, that word you're, you're talking about earlier, that pivot um, that needs to happen. Um, And I, and I think that's the big question that I, that I'm wrestling with now is, is not necessarily personally because I, I really am ready. And I think there's some, there's some apprehension in there too, because of the unknown. Um, but I'm, I'm mostly excited about what's, what can happen. But I, but I wonder if we as a whole, do we, do we as the church have the courage to actually make those changes that need to happen to step away from the comfortable, go into the uncomfortable but but know that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is still alive in us and ready to to walk through all that with us as we put him for it first and not our names anymore. Preach, preacher. No. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was convicted that uh, that we weren't more engaging before, that we weren't more uh, neighbor-minded. And I'm not just talking about my local body of, of of worship, but just the church in general. That we still still a competition. Um, you know, things still are 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 taken uh, personally between between churches, and there's not more of a collective effort in our communities to really come together as, as just the bride of Christ to, to bring change in our communities. Uh, not, not for my church's name or your church's name or your church's name, but for the church mm-hmm. and, and for the eternity. I mean, we're talking heaven and hell here, boys and girls. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're talking eternity not who's going to this church or who's going to that church. Uh, because look, you've now got an online campus. They may never step foot in your door. Uh-huh. Um, so just community partnership amongst the local churches. Uh, why haven't we done a better job of that? Uh, so I, I was, I was definitely convicted uh, because I've, I've not reached out to enough people in my community to say, hey, what can we do together to make a greater kingdom impact? The whole thought that was raised of, of you know, the church is going to be a priority for some families. You know, they're going to show up when the doors are open, but that's not everybody. And so when you start thinking about, well, what if – every family <laughs> became yep. a priority for our church, not just the ones that come to our building. And, and like you, Steve, I'm, my, my personality is wired for change. Um, I am one who constantly is, 
I'm a great starter sometimes and not a great finisher sometimes because I'm <laughs> changing so often um, <laughs> uh, because I, I do, I do love change and I am, I'm more excited now about the potential of the church just because I feel like we have gotten, and, and David, you said a really good thing. Um, it's good. You, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? Um, <laughs> one shot, once a year, you know. <laughs> Sorry. But what you said about the whole idea that, you know, we, we became very building focused. Um, as, you know, the generation of church, 20th century church became very building focused. And now we've made digital our focus. So again, Kristen's question comes rings in my ears. So what next do, what do we do? Because are we going to go back to being building focused? Right. Um, because there are families that are not going to set foot in our buildings, even if they could. Um, and, and I have said it on another podcast I was recording earlier uh, with another person today, just because we can, doesn't mean we should. Um, just because we can't open our building doesn't always mean we should right away. Um, I'm just kind of thinking through and, and would love to hear you guys thoughts or, or if you have something else on this opening thing, but it just, the whole, I can't stop thinking about this idea of how are we going to reach those, those Sunday stay at home families? Um, how are we going to move from the people we've connected with digitally to building uh, relationships with them because we've connected with them digitally, but how do we build relationships? Um, you know what I mean? Cause there's, there's a connection, but there's not relationship just yet. And, and even small churches where pastors are preaching to, you know, they're used to preaching to 50 people are now reaching thousands through their, their broadcasts through their Facebook lives, whatever. And, and how do you take that digital connection and make that a personal relationship? Um, that to me was one of the big questions I walked away with going, I don't know if I necessarily have an answer just yet, but it's one that I want to continue to wrestle with. Um, and I want churches to wrestle with because I believe that could lead to the next great revival um, or revolution in our country is is to see this home church movement or whatever this digital church movement break for, break loose um but i do think it's going to take building relationships so i'm just curious what did you guys hear anything or or have you had thoughts about any of those kind of questions what are some of the or maybe what is a question that struck you during during this this time of orange conference i'll just i'll, I'll be quick about it we've got to become neighbor minded I mean, just at the end of the day, we've got to become neighbor-minded. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally agree because I think so much we we have been we have been broadcast-minded, and I think that that takes on a different you know meaning now that we're online because it's a different it's an actual broadcast broadcast. But I think for for many churches, we have been about the message that takes place on the stage. Or in front of people, and we're proclaiming. We're really good at proclaiming. 
Yeah. Um, but we're not really good at that relationship side of things. And, and there are so many people that are not going to hear it. Maybe they'll hear it a little more now that we're online a little more. Um, but, but where does it go from that point? Like Jesus spent a good chunk of his ministry um, building relationships with people, not preaching. I mean, like I think if you just That's look at good. the gospels alone, like what percentage of the gospel is Jesus's like preaching versus him walking beside people and going to the people, um, not saying come to my building and hear me speak, but mm-hmm. instead going to the people. And I think we've got to take that that kind of mindset, and and it takes it takes some big changes. I mean, I think to be truly neighbor mindset, like how, what does that mean for our staffing? What does that mean for um, the volunteers that we're, we're getting? What does that mean for our approach like to everything like needs to change in order to make that happen? Because if we're still, if we're still staffed, both like paid staff and volunteers at a church in order to make sure that our, and for the lack of a <laughs> like a really good term, uh, uh, our show on on the weekend uh-huh. um, to make sure that that looks good. If if we're if we're only staffed to do that, well then that's all that's going to be good. But what what does it look like when we really start staffing to take care of those people that we're reaching online, to take care of those people that maybe not ever will make it to the church for whatever reason? Like how are we actually putting our money where our mouth is in in that direction? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about the fact that I'm glad you said it the way you said it, because I remember I I actually served in a church where I was told, look, everything revolves around Sunday. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's what's important. And I was like, how is that biblical? But a lot of churches have shifted to that, that, that everything's about Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And what you just said is, mm, you know, we need to rethink that. And I, I do think that was one of the things that Orange was calling us out and, and challenging the church to think about that. And I think that's why Reggie hit it so hard. Well, everybody continued to hit it so hard. What about those people that we're starting to digitally connect with? How are you serving them? How are you ministering to them? How are you getting to know them personally? Um, just like you said, just like Jesus did. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But it does, it, it still leaves me with a lot of questions though, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that really looks like. I think yeah. it's really going to, it's, it's going to come down to us like being humble and, and saying, we don't know the answer to that question and helping each other figure it out. Um, relying on the Holy spirit, of course, to guide us. But, but um, yeah, I think the, those are the questions that I have. And I think that might be a little bit of a hindrance in us actually take, having the courage to take those steps because I think for a lot of us, we want to know those answers before we, we step through and, and actually make those changes. And so either we've got to have the courage to step out and figure it out along the way, or we've got to start figuring things out really quick because <laughs> we need to make those changes. And if we don't, we, we may end up in the same place where we were before. Mm-hmm. And that would be a tragedy mm-hmm. that that's, I don't know about you guys, but that's the one thing <laughs> I guess that still kind of, it does weigh on me a little bit is if we go back and do church the way we did pre COVID, I just, I just think it'll it, it, not that, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to say it. I just, it's heartbreaking. It would be it, God size heartbreaking. Um, 
to go back to doing church the way we've always done it. Um, I just, I can't imagine that that's, that's what God wants out of one of the outcomes from this. I, I, I just, and, and yeah, I don't have all the answers to this and I, and I think that's okay. And I think leaders have got to be okay with the fact that we don't know. We just don't know. And, and it's, it be okay with that and, and say, okay, God, I, I've got a new wineskin. I don't want the old stuff. I want new. So you fill this one. You show us how to do it. And if you're going to fail, fail forward. Um, but try something new and break, break out um, and start asking God for a new dream and a new vision. Um, I, I just think if we go backwards, if we go back to what we're comfortable with, I think we've got to go into where we're not comfortable. Um, we got to start having conversations that we're not comfortable with. And like you said, staffing and, and the format of our services and, and the way our services meet, the way we program and we've become very program driven, big event driven, you know, are those things worth the investment financially anymore? Um, especially in the new economy that will come out of this because the economy is going to change. Um, communities are going to change. Schools are changing. Um, the church can't, I just believe we can't go back pre COVID um, or we are going to be more irrelevant and something else will step in our place. Yeah. And, and that will not be from the light side. That will be definitely from the dark side, even though they don't win in the end. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, well, let's, let's move to kind of our final segment, um, for this edition. Um, now I'm, I'm curious about your takeaways, um, from, from, it could be from the session, main sessions. It could be from a breakout. Um, I'm just curious, um, what, what key takeaways did you come away with so far? Cause I'm still processing. So I can't say I've taken a lot of takeaways, but I got a couple things. <laughs> So here, here's, here's my couple things. I came away with three things that I'm thinking about. First is I'm, I want to go back to what, what is my why again? I want to reestablish my why. Why am I ministry? Why, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Um, you know, so for me, it's why am, I, why am I doing KMC coaching and why am I developing a hurting leaders ministry? Why do I want to help churches um, find their why <laughs> um, through the consulting ministry. But I also, I just want to know why, why the church exists for, for this time. So I'm asking a lot of why questions right now. Um, it, that's one of my takeaways that I think we've got to, we've got to ask and we got to dig on that and not go with the easy answer. Um, so that's one. Um, my second takeaway was we've got to change. Um, and so I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to show me how that change should look. Um, and, and what should it, I don't want to just change to change because there are some things the church has been doing really well with. I don't mean to throw everything out. I don't mean to, when I say, don't go back, I'm not saying you can't do some things the same. I'm not saying that. I know people would take it that way, but that's not what I was desiring to say, but there are things that have to change and I need to change my own self. Um, so that was one of the things. Um, and then that whole idea of what's next. Um, so for me that what next, the, the takeaway I had was that whole thing of 
what does it look like to go after those families that we've connected to digitally? Um, what does that look like to build a relationship? What's ne the next step to taking them from a digital connection to a personal relationship? So those were my, right now, the three things I'm, I'm walking away with wrestling with. I would say uh, just overall, my biggest takeaway and thing that I've really been even processing myself as a leader is I need to be healthy. Uh, in, in all phases of my life, if I'm going to lead my family well, if I'm going to lead the ministry that God has entrusted me with well, uh, I've, I've got to I've got to be healthy. And that means that I've got to make better choices uh, in those areas with my family, with ministry. Um, but I've also got to surround myself with people that, can help hold me accountable and that I can trust and that I can go to when I have fallen, when I have messed up, when, when I've, I've had an oops moment uh, to be able to go to those people and say, Hey, here it is. Here's, here, here's what I've done. Help, help me work through this and, and know, know that that's there. Um, because I mean, we're, we're seeing it more and more where, where pastors and ministry leaders have have just gotten in such a dark place and have just carried so much weight. And the choices that have come as a result of that uh, overwhelmingly have not been good choices. Uh, more and more pastors are leaving ministry, leaving the church because of choices. Uh, some have gone as far as to take their own life. Uh, because of the dark place they find themselves in. And uh, that's not good for anyone. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I've left, I've left OC20 uh, just encouraged in my spirit that, hey, I'm going to see you through this, David, uh, just like I'm going to see thousands of others who will come to me and say, hey, I want you to be healthy. Uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, sexually—you know—in all all of those areas. Uh, so that was that was definitely my my big takeaway. It's just overall health. Yeah, I uh, I, I echoed the whole why thing, Tom. You, you talked about. I think that's that's huge. Um, what why why are we actually doing this? Why what's that God given reason? Why and and why do we individually feel that? I think that's that's a huge question that I'm be asking myself and of our ministry moving forward. Um, and, and then I think, you know, like they said, the, the how will continue to change over and over and over again. It has to change, but what's that why that mm -hmm. really drives us. And so really focusing on that. Um, I think a bit, another big piece, it, they answered that why question with love. And I think that's, that's, I'm going to start to look at everything that we do. Like, how can I approach every aspect of my life, every aspect of my ministry with the concentration of love? Um, not about anything else, but how do I actually love like Jesus called me to love? Um, and then I think the the third thing really comes down to both uh, Reggie did a really good job of hitting this. And then I think Daniel Strickland did a really good job as well. Reggie closed out that thought was that, that we have the greatest opportunity to, to redefine ourselves and that we actually have a role to play in this. We may be asking like, 
what's what's this have to do with me? Why am I in ministry during this pivotal time? Um, but God's placed us here for a reason. And um, what Danielle Strickland said that like every revolution in history has an idea that just the right time, a catalytic leader with a supportive community and a mechanism to start um, to spread the original message. And so like where, and I guess it's more just a, my takeaway is to really commit to fully praying for this. Like, okay, God, I, I've seen these things. I, I agree about them. What's my role? What, what do you want to do through me? What, how do I play a part in this giant puzzle piece that you're putting together right now? What's, what's my piece and how can I, how can I carry that out? Well, to, to influence the people that you've been, you've given me to, to carry out whatever change you, you need to need to happen in the church and the community. That's some good stuff. Well, this has been fun, fellas. Um, good to catch up and, and kind of see um, where you are after Orange 20. And again, got to say thanks and give a huge shout out to Reggie and his whole team um, and all the people behind the scenes that um, I, I can't even imagine what it took in just the few months that they had really to, to, to pivot um and and pull this together to make this um uh conference happen when they could have just pulled the plug and said no we're not even going to do it it see in 2021 yeah there's no doubt they they pulled it off and they did a great job and and so we all say thank you uh to the orange team uh for allowing us the opportunity to participate and to engage to keep us sharp to keep giving us another challenge for another year uh, I'm praying hard that God uh, protects our country from from another outbreak next spring, so that that in 2021 we can get together for a bigger party. Uh, I have no doubt it will be sweeter, and and there will be a lot more hugs, um, or at least virtual, you know, arm air hugs. Um, <laughs> Whatever our culture is okay with at that point. Yeah. Air fist bumps, you know, we'll, we'll orange keep- masks. <laughs> yes, right. I'm sure there will be lots of orange masks, um, and uh, everybody will come in those orange body suits. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Lord, Lord have mercy. I, yeah, no, I, I would. That would. Yeah, I would look like a giant orange. Um, somebody'd say, "What fell off the tree? Um, <laughs> what mutant thing?" Um, anyway, wow. Wait a way to wrap this up. We're editing that part out. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Anyway, hey, thanks for for this. Um, we pray that that as you've listened to this, hopefully this has blessed you a little bit. If if you didn't get a chance to to go to Orange, we do hope that you'll think about joining us at Orange Twenty Twenty One. Uh, we would love to have you, but uh, watch. We might be doing a part two of this as we gather more of the Orange blogging team together uh, and dive in on more of the breakout sessions as we continue to digest those. We'd like to continue to help keep uh, Orange in front of you to keep the discussion going. So feel free to reach out to any of us. Um, as you you heard at the beginning of the podcast, uh, each of us have blogs and podcasts that you can check out, and we would love to have you do that. So thanks for listening. Uh, to this joint episode of the Kid Ministry Collective and Student Ministry Podcast. Kids Men Talk. So thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. 
Well, thank you once again for tuning in to the Student Ministry Podcast, this special edition podcast. For those of you that have subscribed to the Student Ministry Podcast, you actually got two episodes this month, which is it's a surprise, right? It's it's a special thing uh, when we can actually put out more than one podcast episode a month. So I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Uh, be sure to contact me on social media and let me know what you think about uh, special episodes like this when we cover conferences like we did with NYWC. We've done this with the Orange Conference, I think the last uh, couple of years at least. And uh, yeah, we'd love to, to continue putting out these kind of special episodes like this. We've got some great interviews coming up in the next couple of months. I'm so excited. We're going to be talking a lot about ministry as it changes coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, hopefully soon. Who knows? Maybe we'll still be in this uh, for a long time, but hopefully you know, things get somewhat back to quote unquote normal. We start learning all the things that we need to learn and, and all those things from from all this pandemic and and see what kind of changes uh, happen in our ministries. But before we wrap up, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast once again, and that is G-Shades Student Curriculum. If you haven't checked out their website, just go to their website, G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G. Check out the free lesson that they give you and also be sure to use the promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, when you check out for 5% off your order. Thanks so much to G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And that wraps up episode 54. We're going to be back in just a couple weeks uh, with our next interview. But until then, may God bless your ministry.